Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Sons of Sequoia podcast, broadcasting live from Wheat Ridge, Colorado, the home of the champions. And we're continuing with Infrastructure Week. It is Wednesday, and yesterday the Senate passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. It still needs to go to the House, but we're going to talk about that today. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm looking forward to this episode on on talking uh not about it but what's in it and i think uh when you start talking about things you can talk around it but today let's just see what are some of the sections and what's actually in the bill yes so i think we're going to start with the new york times synopsis of what's in the bill and i have a few gripes with it um, and then we'll go to the white house's line item breakdown of what's in the bill does that sound fine sounds really good Okay, well, without further ado, let's just jump into our subject matter. Um, Okay. Uh, We're taking a look at the New York Times article entitled, What's in the $1 trillion infrastructure package? And can I make it so that... I don't know, I like this better. I'll make us smaller. Hold on. Doing some producing here. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. Yeah, a lot, pod- lot of, there we go. a lot of these podcasts have all this people behind <laughs> them doing stuff, but David, you're doing all. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm always impressed with uh, how you do things. Okay, that looks good. Okay, we're not in the way anymore of the actual article. I apologize for people listening to the audio. Uh, our faces appear over the article itself, but they were blocking some of the text. So... This is called, What's in the $1 trillion Infrastructure Package in the New York Times? Let's go right to the article and let's read it. Okay, Chris Cameron, Christopher Flavell, and Alan Rappaport. The expansive $1 trillion infrastructure bill that the Senate passed on Tuesday, a 2,702-page bipartisan deal that is the product of months of negotiating and years of pent-up ambitions to repair the nation's crumbling infrastructure, would amount to the most substantial government expenditure on the aging public works system since 2009. The bill, which passed 69 to 30 and goes next to the House, is also stuffed with pet projects and priorities that touch on nearly every facet of American life. Here are some of the major provisions. The major provision, $110 billion will go to roads, bridges, and transportation programs. Much of the legislation is directed towards roads and bridges, devoting billions of dollars to address an expansive backlog of repairs across the country, ensuring up the nation's highways and other infrastructure to withstand the toll of climate change. The bill also increases funding for programs intended to provide safe commutes for pedestrians and creates $350 million pilot program for projects that reduce collisions between vehicles and wildlife. And the legislation formally establishes a federal program intended to encourage children to walk or bike to school. We're going to have to stop right there because (laughs) I have a little gripe. Okay? Okay. Um, out of 1.2 million, uh, 1.2 trillion, 350 million is 0. 0. Uh, 0.035%, <laughs> right? So uh, I can pull up a calculator, I suppose. Um, that's pretty small. That's what you're getting at. Yes. Let's uh, change this. I'll pull up the calculator. Okay, so here we go. Ah. Calculator. We have 1.2 trillion. Does that look right? No, that's quadrillion, isn't it? No. A thousand. That's one point two trillion. Billion trillion. That's trillion right there. Okay. So There's a, actually I want to go three hundred fifty million. Three hundred fifty million into one point two trillion. There's one point two million, one point two billion, one point two trillion. Equals. There you go. Not very much. Three about about point 
0.003, e to the minus fourth. Yeah, 0 0.003. Yes. So yeah, like 0.3 percent. Okay, so they put this in the second paragraph of things that go into the bill. Now this is the type of thing where someone that's against the bill can say, they're giving $350 million to roadkill. Roadkill just won the lottery. The government's just handing them $350 million. Now the thing is, I'm sure that if this made it in the bill, there's probably a need for it, A. B, it's a f small fraction of what's in the bill. But by publicizing it, it becomes a point of you could criticize them. Do you see what I'm saying? I know, I know what you're getting at, and I kind of agree. Uh, out of 110 billion roads, bridges, and transportation programs, the first thing they mention is uh, roadkill. Roadkill but mitigation. The thing, roadkill mitigation. Yeah, they don't want to cause it; they want to prevent it. But the idea is that uh, there is so much money going to to uh, shore up our roads, our bridges, the transportation program uh, across the nation. Uh, uh, there's Amtrak, there's railway, and there's all kinds of stuff that they're that they're trying to modernize uh, that is outdated. Yes, I guess my gripe is with the New York Times. You say there's 110 billion that will go to roads. Okay, that's a big headline number. What's the next number you offer as a subset of that 110 billion? A 350 million dollar pilot program to reduce collisions between vehicles and wildlife. I I don't think they should have put that second. I think they're <laughs> they're giving people the wrong information. And I also kind of feel like they're just padding out the article a little bit. But let's continue. Transportations experts say the $110 billion is just a fraction of what is needed to address the nation's unaddressed repair needs, with the latest estimate from the American Society of Civil Engineers estimating that a $786 billion backlog for roads and bridges alone. Let's stop there, too. Of course the American Society of Civil Engineers is going to think that you need <laughs> seven times the funding, right? Of course. Uh -huh. It's like the American Society of Dentists thinks that you need to spend at least seven times more on your dental care every year. Right? I mean, they uh -huh. have an interest in getting that money to be spent. Well, if you're going to go into the American Society of Civil Engineers, uh, ASCE, if you're going to go into this society, you say, what needs to be done? So they're going to list everything that needs to be done. And there will be priorities. There will be things that are, are necessary, things that are likely, things that are uh, uh, you you in, uh, aspire to them. So there is going to be priority. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, that's that's logical. And I'm sure you can say, oh, wait a minute. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, they're saying uh, seven times more. Well, they probably listed everything just yes. so you can see. If they only listed just the $110 billion that was needed, they may have gotten $10 billion. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm also going to say, I was confused reading this, and we'll, I'll get into the numbers again without pulling up the calculator. But your $1.2 trillion, and so your big ticket item here, the biggest item discussed in the article is $110 billion, is less than 10%. Do you see what I'm saying? 110 billion is less than 10% of 1.2 trillion. Uh-huh. Um, by the end of the article, when we look at all the big ticket items, we're going to see it's about 27, 28% of 1.2 trillion. And we'll figure out why that is when we get into the White House itemized breakdown. Okay? Okay. Um, now, one last paragraph for traditional roads, bridges, and stuff. The measure also includes $66 billion in new funding for rail to address Amtrak's maintenance backlog, along with upgrading the high-traffic Northeast Corridor from Washington to Boston. For President Biden, an Amtrak devotee who has taken an estimated 8,000 round trips on the line, it's a step towards fulfilling his promise to inject billions into rail. <laughs> I don't think all that money is just going to that. No, I, 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 it's, but that's kind of what this article sounds like. It's, it's implying it. It's not saying it. No, no, it's not. It's kind of like it's implying it, right? Yeah, he loves rail, so it's his pet. His pet project is sixty-six billion dollars for Amtrak. It's between, kind, between Washington and Boston. Yeah, it's kind of implying that. I would say. Well, along with upgrading. Oh, okay. Well, the implic P 
people are going to take it that way. Yeah. People are going to look at that. Oh yeah, he's just paying for his own pet project between Boston and uh, Washington. Anyway. Yeah, like when he's done being president, if when he comes back to Washington from Delaware, he's going to be riding in a sixty-six billion dollar rail car. That's what they'll say. Yeah. Um, okay, for climate, a substantial investment that falls short of the administration's goals. The measure includes billions of dollars to better prepare the country for the effects of global warming and the single largest federal investment in power transmission in history. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers would get an additional $11.6 billion in construction funds for projects like flood control and river dredging. The Forest Service would get billions of dollars, un, uh, unquantified, and unquantified billions of dollars to remove flammable vegetation from the lands it manages in an effort to make wildfires less damaging. The bill would also include money for next-generation water modeling activities. I actually read an article in the most recent New Yorker about next-generation water modeling activities that was absolutely fascinating. But that's a, a sidebar. And flood map mapping at the National Oceanic and Ad Atmospheric Administration, which would also receive funds to protect wildfires. Uh, predict, predict wildfires. Oh, predict wildfires. And I, I like that because Noah is uh, in our backyard. It's up north yeah. in Boulder. So bring those mm -hmm. federal bucks to Colorado, I tell you. Um, <laughs> legislation also includes $73 billion to modernize the nation's electricity grid. Okay, that makes sense to me. Uh, much, yeah, me too. $7.5 billion for clean buses and ferries and $7.5 billion to help develop electric vehicle charging stations across the country. Okay, that all seems reasonable, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Now, my question is, um, you know, the electric vehicle charging stations, that really, uh, I guess, never mind. I mean, it, it, it picks winners and losers, uh, doesn't it, a little bit? It favors Tesla and the companies like Nissan Volt and Chevy, or Nissan Leaf and Chevy Volt. It favors all electric vehicle manufacturers that are already in the game. And sort of, I guess it's basically saying, hey, manufacturers, get your butt in line. If you make an EV, we're building out infrastructure that will help your customers use it. That, that's what they're uh, saying, right? Uh, yeah, I, I thought the same thing, that it's going to favor the ones who are already in the market that are already in that in that space. Uh, but also it might encourage people to get into the space. Mm -hmm. Another thing I see here, David, notice that, that that paragraph you just read, the legislation includes $73 billion to modernize the nation's like electricity grid so it's focusing on what it's going to do but two paragraphs ahead it says ahead of it uh, uh, above yeah the uh, well even above that the earth talking about the money is going to these agencies it's to this agency is to this agency is to this agency and then later it says it's going to do this so uh, when I read that, I go, it's not just going to the agency, it's going to these people in order to do this. You know, again, the implication is, oh, they're just uh, uh, sending money uh, to uh, agencies or supporting areas that's, uh, that's going to help uh, different types of people that are in that market. Maybe I didn't say that well. See what I'm saying? Yeah, sort of. I mean... It's just, it's just how they report it. Mm -hmm. so, oh, yeah, well, you know, this agency is getting 70-some million dollars, billions of dollars, uh, yeah, so that they can do this. Uh, but then they're also giving billions of dollars uh, to uh, modernize our, our, our electricity grid. Well, there's going to be companies doing that, too. Yeah. So one, you talk about the company who gets all this money. The others talk about the use of the money and the value of the money. Well, I mean, and, I don't the, know. the Corps of Engineers gets 116 this 73 billion is going to excel yeah um con edison whatever whoever's your power company is i'm sure it's going to them to do construction projects on there they're going to get a federal incentive if you do this project we'll pay you the well, money i know what why, why wouldn't they say of course i'm not in journalism but let's go go back up i don't have that this tech right there why wouldn't they say uh uh there is $11.6 billion in construction funds for projects like flood control and rubber dredging uh, that's going to take, it's going to be led by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Yeah. So you focus not on, where the, on who has the money, 
you focus on what the money is going to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I think yeah, it's a good point. The bill would provide $15 billion for removing lead service lines across the nations, short of the $45 billion Mr. Biden had called for, and the $60 billion that water sector leaders say is needed to get the job done. I mean, I think getting lead pipes out of houses is... They should just earmark some of that money and get that done. Uh, seems like a ticking time bomb to me, but what do I know? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, the legislation also includes more than $300 million. I hate this, Okay. I hate it when they talk about something that's $300 million. As we've already discussed, that's 0.003% of the spending package. Uh, anything in the right. millions, I think that it's like, oh, look, they did this too. But it's presenting the $300 million alongside a $73 billion, alongside a $7.5 billion, alongside a $15 billion, alongside an $11.6 billion. But people are not smart enough to parse this out. I don't think that... I, I think a lot of people won't be smart enough to parse this out. They see an 11.6, they see a 73, they see a 15, then they see a 300. Oh, a 300. They don't realize it's an order of magnitude smaller in terms of spending. And they'll say, what are they using 300 million of my dollars to? To develop, capture, to, to develop technology to capture and store carbon dioxide emissions for power plants. Why are they doing 300 for that, but just 110 for roads and bridges? I think people will honestly think that way. And why yeah. would you include a line item that's so small? That's my that's my question. But if they do, put it in order on on where where it's at, where it should be. Mm-hmm. It should be at the end. Like also ran like <laughs> honorable honorable mentions, David. Like I th- let's read the whole paragraph just to prove your point. The legislation includes more than three hundred million to develop technology to capture and store carbon dioxide emissions from power plants, and six billion to support struggling nuclear reactors. Um, it directs the Secretary of Energy to conduct a study on job losses associated with Mr. Biden's decision to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. I feel like when you craft a paragraph, the first sentence and the last sentence get more play, get more embedded in your memory than the middle sentence. And the middle sentence is where the real money is being spent. Yeah. Six billion is a lot more than 300 million. I, don't, I just, it rubs me the wrong way when it's like, why would you put this in there? Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of programs that cost in the hundreds of millions that are snuck into this bill. And why do you choose this one and the one about the roadkill? Why are those included? Because I'm sure there's a lot of programs like that that are in this bill. So I don't know. Yeah, that's just me griping. It's my Wednesday morning gripe session. Well, it's sometimes it's healthy to complain uh, as long as you listen to what they would say. Uh, I'm not sure what they would say if uh, they would respond to that, to, mm-hmm. to this. Uh, we're talking a little bit more about the, how the article was written than what the bill has in it. But <laughs> We'll get to what the bill but, has in it when we go to the White House's line item fact sheet. Does that sound okay? Okay. That sounds fair. Um, new resources for underserved communities, but far fewer than the president wanted. This is what I think the conservatives will be upset about. Um, resources for underserved communities. The legislation creates $2 billion grant program to expand surface transportation projects in rural areas. That's like busing in rural areas, I guess. It would also increase support for tribal governments and Native American communities, creating an office within the Department of Transportation intended to respond to their needs. It would provide $216 million, with an M, to the Bureau of Indian Affairs for climate resilience and adaptation for tribal nations, which have been disproportionately hurt by climate change, more than half of that money. Okay, so we're talking about 200 million. We're talking about 0.002% of the bill. And then we're going into what that's being spent on to 130 million, 0.001% of the bill would go towards community relocation, helping some native communities move away from vulnerable areas. Oh, that's what they're calling it now. <laughs> uh, um uh-huh. They've done a lot of community relocation of Native Americans since uh, since 1776, really, you know. They called it different things, you know. Uh, for the Cherokees, they may have called it, you know, the Trail of Tears. But not now it's community relocation. So uh, I'm glad to see that they're still doing it in the 21st century. Uh-huh. Um, okay, that, that's a whole <laughs> other... That's a whole other... A whole other conversation... Uh, from the sons of Sequoia. Uh-huh. Sequoia, who was the Cherokee 
who devised the Cherokee syllabary and, and had their own language. Mm-hmm. I, I guess when I see this, it's like, I, I don't know why it's in the article, first of all. But also it's like, oh, but we're giving 200 million. We're kicking down 200 million to the Bureau of Indian Affairs. And it's like, that shows, I think, the, the lack of concern overall for native communities in America. It's like we, we're spending, how many billions are you spending? 1,200. So you're spending a million, million dollars, right? Uh, million, trillion, million, billion, trillion. Yep. Um, and what are they giving to uh, native communities? 216 million. And it's like, oh, look, there's 216 million. And it's like, that's less than 1% by far. I mean, that's less than one-tenth of 1%. It's just, I don't know. But then you say, oh, they're, they're going to go towards community relocation, helping Native communities move away from vulnerable areas. It's like, well, how did they get to the vulnerable areas in the first place? Why don't you clean up the areas? No, I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we stuck you in the worst possible place, um, you know, 150 years ago. Now we need to move you because that place is so bad. Let's move you to some other place that's going to be bad in 50 years. I, I just, I, I, whenever I hear community relocation with Native Americans, it's like you can call it whatever you want, but it's like I've seen this story play out before, if that makes sense. I just say ever since the 1700s. Mm-hmm. And the 1800s even got worse, early 1800s. Mm-hmm. And we're still doing it. And, uh, yeah, that's a whole, as, you, as I said, that's a whole other conversation. Yes. Okay, yeah, and if today is about what's in the infrastructure bill, the fact that it's only $216 million or $130 million for a community relocation, I think it also says we've spent far more time talking about it than the amount of impact it'll have on the infrastructure bill, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So should we move on? Are you looking at your phone? What's going on? I'm just trying to see how much one. I'm just trying to see how much is 216 million out of a billion. It's 0.02%. It's nothing. Um, it's nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. But whenever I hear the words Native American and community relocation, uh-huh. oh, we're, we're helping you. We're moving you to someplace new. And it's like that story has played out throughout American history with not fabulous results okay well that's what they did in 1830 with jackson said i'm moving the cherokees from from their homeland Mm -hmm. again we're getting into this conversation we probably shouldn't but uh their homeland their home is part of their identity they're moving off that homeland off the plantations off of the businesses that they built and and uh, moving them to Oklahoma uh, in a land and they didn't have provisions there for them. And uh, yeah, we're going to relocate them and you'll have that forever. Uh, but the point of it was, is that they didn't have anything there for them. Mm-hmm. And there's there's and so the other parts of the Cherokees uh, said, I'm not, I'm not going. And then they forced him. They forced him to go. And that was the Trail of Tears. Yeah. Again, as you say, it's been played out not only with the Cherokees, it's been played out with almost every Native American tribe uh, over and over and over again. Anyway, I, we don't want, we shouldn't get into that. No. Uh, let's, go, let's go ahead. Okay. A major investment in closing the digital divide. Senators mm-hmm. have also included $65 billion meant to connect hard-to-reach rural communities to high-speed internet and help sign up low-income city dwellers who cannot afford it. That is a point of contention I saw on Twitter already. Um, other legal changes seek to stoke competition and transparency among service providers that could help drive down prices. Mr. Biden had initially proposed $100 billion towards closing the digital divide, but he agreed to lower the price to strike a compromise with Republicans. So we got 
I hear the Republicans are upset that voted no, because you know 30 Republicans voted no to this, that um, some proportion of this, 30% of the $65 billion, is just welfare for people so they can have internet. That's what they're saying. You're just you know, not making them pay for internet like you or I pay for internet. And while I know it's difficult for your 50 or 100 or 150 bucks a month that you pay for internet, I know it's difficult for you to realize this, but if the federal government earmarks money and gives a single mom with three kids in an inner city and all those kids are going to online school, a subsidy on her internet bill, that doesn't really affect you. It doesn't affect me. Like, I, I know that the taxes you paid, uh, federal taxes you paid, maybe you know a fraction of one penny will go to her internet bill. But I think that the fact that those children can go to online school with, with the internet provided to them by the federal government or the subsidized internet provided to them by the federal government, that's a net positive. I feel like having everyone have access to information, I kind of feel like that's a net positive. But that's just my opinion. And they're entitled to their opinion that, hey, you should have to pay for internet because I have to pay for internet. And I think that's their opinion. And never the twain shall meet, I guess. You know, there's the devils in the details. But how do you feel about this? Well, I'm in education. And I feel that there should be absolutely no question that everybody should have an equal access to education. And if that's over the internet, so be it. But every kid needs to be able to have the ability to learn. And, and if they can have an internet at home, if you gave an internet to a kid and, uh, and it opens up the world to them, I mean, that, that, that should be no question about that. Mm -hmm. Should be no question about that. When you start talking about, oh, well, yeah, that's welfare. Hey, take a back seat. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. The foundation of a nation, the foundation of freedom, the foundation of human integrity is teaching people and teaching kids and teaching children. I don't know, I, I, I'm very passionate about every person should be allowed to learn. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who they are or where they are. Everyone should be allowed to learn. There should be no. There should be no question about that. I think now. I'm sure. I'm sure they're talking about how to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and oh, let's just throw money here, throw money there. Well, let's figure it out. But let's. But let's have at the forefront a goal, uh, a goal that that's that's not non-negotiable, uh, to have access to education by every child everywhere, every person everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think that's, a better... that's that's what I think. I mean, yeah, and of course the internet will be used for things other than um, other than education, you know. The internet will be used for people that get it for free from the government. They'll use it to watch, you know, a streaming service or they'll use it to do other things. But, hey, they may, they may use it to uh, use Facebook and get indoctrinated into a, a cult and then, then they might vote for you. So maybe it's a good thing, <laughs> right? Uh, In that respect. Uh, the point is, it's it's uh, if you didn't have it, then you it's kind of like yes, if you have it, it can be misused. Mm -hmm. Education can be misused. You can learn how to do things the wrong way. You can learn how to do things and use it the wrong way. But that's not a reason not to do it. You can't throw the baby out with a wash. Uh, you have to have the ability to, for this communication, and then have ways of handling it and managing it. And, and then the responsibility then goes to society. Uh, but if you don't have that, if you don't have that ability uh, to connect with everyone, uh, I think that's a bigger problem. I think that uh, a good example is Benjamin Franklin. So one of our founding fathers, one of his proudest achievements was the library in Philadelphia, the public library. And he said, you know, you have these manor houses in England, and they're stocked with books, and no one can come in and read the books. But what if we built these houses stocked with books and every citizen could come in and read the books? It's like, I think that we'll have an advantage over these 
societies in Europe, these old societies, because we'll use public funds to create libraries and have this information available to people, and their access to the information will make a more informed electorate, and it'll boost the prosperity of our nation. That was Ben Franklin's whole conceit when starting the Philadelphia Public Library. Well, I think giving everyone internet, you know, providing them access, uh, you could say, oh, I pay more in taxes, so more of those books in the library are mine. So someone who pays less in taxes should only have access to 20% of the books in the library. Um, and you seem foolish for saying that. But when you make it access to high-speed internet, it's, it's roughly the same argument, wouldn't you say? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good analogy. I'm sure there's limits to the analogy, but yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. A lot of truth to that. As far as I'm concerned, actually, what I like to say about this is that there should be uh, a, a similar amount of money and thought gone into an education infrastructure. Uh, I would like to, ex this is just one little part that needs to be expanded to have an education infrastructure. Because again, I, I truly believe this future, the future of our society, the future of any nation, uh, of, a free, of a free democratic nation is education. And um, I'm just taking a look real quick here at the infrastructure plan, what's in and what's out. It shows the original proposal and the proposal that passed. Oh, okay. And if you look, I mean, this graphic, who knows? They're, I think they're just sort of making this stuff up, right? <laughs> Maybe. Like these little pieces, uh, do they mean anything? I don't know. Um, but, are you showing me? Oh, I'm not showing it. Here we are. Um, good call. So here's the original proposal, and here's the here's what passed. Okay, uh, it's like a little, it, it's a circle. And how much did that actually pass? Like less, maybe ten percent, twenty percent. So the original proposal was two point six billion. Uh, yeah, one fifth, twenty percent, five five hundred fifty billion <laughs> did pass. Now that leads me to my next point because I said we would get into the White House line item. One trillion dollar package. But even the New York Times is calling it a $550 billion package. So why is that? Do you know why that is? I figured it out. Originally it was, no, I don't. I think you were on, you almost had the right answer. Originally it was 1 trillion. And it's got whittled down to 550 billion. No. Um, what is it? The baseline infrastructure spending is 550 or 500 billion. So this is 550 in new spending. It brings the infrastructure package to $1 trillion. Does that make sense? So when they call it a $1 trillion infrastructure package, what they mean is it's the money we used to spend on infrastructure every year. Plus. Plus to bring it up to $1 trillion. But the extra money is $550 billion. So basically, we're doubling infrastructure spending with this, with this deal. I see. Yeah. Now, if you look at the original $2,600 billion, $2.6 trillion proposal, we wanted to 5x infrastructure spending. Well, uh, that's the old... By we, by we, I mean the Biden administration. Not everyone wants to 5x infrastructure spending. No, but that's the old adage, which is tried and true and long proven to be true is that if you want X, ask for 5X. Yeah. And then you might get X. Mm -hmm. So, Like the uh, American Society of Civil Engineers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, how much do you but also, I don't know, a million billion? We'll give you a hundred billion. Okay. <laughs> we can work with that. It's like you go to the mechanic and you say, okay, uh, what do I need in my car? Oh, well, you can change this and this and this and this and this. They'll list, they'll list 10 things. And I said, well, do I need them? He says, oh, well, you know, they're old and they certainly will make your car run better. Well, are they right? Yes, they're right. Do you need them? Will it run without nine of the 10? Well, one of them, it won't run. <laughs> so I need that mm -hmm. for, it, for my vehicle to run. The other nine, it would run better 
but it's still going to run and I don't need new shocks. The shocks are just fine. Okay. I can have, I can, I can, the point is, uh, how far do you go with what you can spend? Yes. Um, and so you have to make those decisions and they did. And how far are we going? Let's take a look. This is the White House's thing. I won't read their press release because it's, I mean, we read, it's the same as, same as before, yeah. It's like what the New York Times said, but even more cheerleading for how good this is. So right. I don't know. So let's just look at the meat. And this is, I feel like the New York Times would have, is to me, I'm the type of guy where this breakout, this table, um, this Excel spreadsheet of what's being spent, where is it going, is more informative to me than an article. Uh-huh. Uh so do you see it up on the screen? Yeah, I have a copy of that. It's kind of like what we said before, a lot of news is news reporting on news. Mm -hmm. But this is actually what they're reporting. Yes. Uh, it's a list of, and it's not, by the, by, by the way, notice David, this list of how many billions of dollars are spent on each category, it's not rank ordered. No, it's so not. So some of them, it's, it's not, if you start looking at the ranks here, uh, it gives a little bit a better picture of where most of this money is going. And uh, most of it is in other infrastructure, whatever that means. Well, transportation is more than other inf infrastructure, right? They have two categories, transportation and other infrastructure. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, right. so transportation is 312, other is 266. Right. Of that, we have 109 in roads and bridges and major projects. Uh-huh. 11 and safety is that safety of current roads and bridges or is that in the safety i don't know what that means not either public <laughs> transit that's understandable 50 49 billion dollar investment i mean no no need to round up because we're looking at the real numbers passenger and freight rail 66 billion biden's building himself a shiny gold passenger freight rail car so that he can take the amtrak He's robbing us blind, Mikey. We need to reinstate Trump. Um, just kidding. <laughs> uh, electric vehicle infrastructure, 7.5 billion. Electric buses and transit, 7.5 billion. Reconnecting communities, 1 billion. There you go. What's, is that, Recon that's not community Relo relocation. Oh, it's not relocation? That's what it sounds like to me. Reconnecting communities, I think, I don't know. I want to Google that. Can I Google that real quick? Is that okay? Sure. I'll go ahead and read the rest of them. Uh, airports, $25 billion. Ports and waterways, $16 billion. Infrastructure financing, $20 billion. And then water infrastructure, and I think that's the lead pipe so that we can have clean water for homes and, and children and, and uh, uh, to take out the lead, $55 billion. And broadband infrastructure, $65 billion. Other infrastructures, 266, that's just probably a lot of different small programs uh -huh. that add up to $266 billion. So what is reconnecting communities? Did you find I it? I could not find that. But they're getting a okay. billion dollars, so. Yeah. So uh, maybe we should rename our podcast uh, the Reconnecting Communities Podcast. Uh, some the that. Disconnected Community Podcast. <laughs> It's like we need yeah, to get we, reconnected. We're we're totally disconnected here. We need some of that billion, and okay. that's exactly what a lot of people scramble to do when these bills are being passed. Yeah, because the money gets earmarked, and it's like someone's—they're going to pay that money to somebody. Why not me? And I don't—I right. mean, I don't blame—I don't blame people. That's just business. It's business, and what they do—they hire lobbyists to make sure that we are the best people to spend that money. Mm -hmm. So they're—they're going to try to get that money as fast as possible, and it's fine with me as long as they do it. As long as they do it, and that's the whole reason it's there. Uh, to, to our infrastructure really does. Oh, there's more. I didn't finish, did I? Environmental remediation, 21 billion. Power infrastructure, including grid authority, a new grid authority, kind mm. of uh, uh, 73 billion. Uh, Western water storage, 5 billion, and resilience, 47 billion. That resilience is like uh, climate change resilience, uh, I think. Seawalls. Climate change climate change, um, 
disasters, uh, natural natural disasters from by weather, mm-hmm. and to 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 uh, be resilient in those in those two catastrophes, uh, and I think that's really needed. And then at the bottom here, we see how it gets to 1.2 tri- uh, trillion. It's the new spending plus baseline spending over eight years. So that leads me to believe that this 579, it's not all coming online right away. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's coming online over X amount of years. I guess, so I was wrong earlier when I said we already spend 500 billion a year on infrastructure. Over eight years, we'll spend this 579 billion plus 1209. See what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So uh, let's bring up the calculator again. And now the 1.2 billion is the new spending plus the baseline. So yeah, so 1209 divided by eight, we're spending about 151 billion a year on infrastructure over the next eight years. Yeah, what's the baseline plus new spending is just enhanced it. Yes, so if we did the 550, we do 1209, and then we take out the current bill, which is 579, minus 579. Oh, Point 0.579. Oh, yeah, right. 630 billion divided by eight. So we would have spent $78 billion a year. Now we're spending $151 billion a year. Yeah. So it about doubles it. it... Yeah over the next eight years. Yeah. So that's something I think that we can tease out by virtue of getting a calculator and doing some quick arithmetic. But I have a question, why isn't that reported? (laughs) Don't you think that's a, I think that's meaningful, those are meaningful numbers. Currently, as it stands, baseline spending on infrastructure is $78.75 billion a year. If we add this spending package, um, it'll increase spending yearly to $151.12 billion a year. Whereas um, it would have been 78. And so they call it a $1.2 trillion package, but that's over eight years. Um, so, so, I mean, I think those are meaningful numbers. That's understanding what they're voting on and what the people are getting, that it's not just going to be all of a sudden the money's there. Mm -hmm. It's going to be over eight years, and uh, all of a sudden it goes from zero to 1.2 trillion. It's saying we have 78 billion the way we've been spending 78, Mm -hmm. and now we're going to move to 156, 155. Yeah, it would have been, uh, if we bring back the calculator, it would have been 630. No matter what, we would have spent 630. We're revitalizing the law so that it's 1,209 by adding 579 more billion over the next eight years. See what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. I don't, I think that's important. I think telling people that is meaningful. I think saying it's going to be phased in over eight years is important. And I don't hear anyone saying that. You have to look at a little italicized line item at the end of their table to have any understanding of how this is going to work. And I don't know whose fault that is. I, I, um, maybe it's just people just don't care. No, I, I, I think maybe it's just tradition. That's just how they deal with these bills. Because whatever you vote on now, eight years from now, it's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's politics. It's the political uh, negotiation and arguments of do we spend this money, whether it's over one year, five years, eight years, ten years, uh, we're still going to spend the money because we're voting on this. So they're still looking at how much money is going to go from the American people to these to these projects, and so they're looking at it. But I think to understand the impact of the spending. Uh, that it's not all at once. It's like you say, over eight years. And that's a very important thing to report. 
I think one thing in negotiations, political negotiations, they could they can look at the package. Uh, and that's how the politicians will deal with the package and and work with the package and vote on it. But when you start reporting it, again, it gets back to news and journalism. It should be clarified. This is what actually is going to happen. Yes. When we say 1.2 trillion, this is what that means. This is what that means. And I think it's misleading because it's not broken down uh, in reporting and journalism in the news. That's not broken down. No. And it, it's, it's simple math. It's not difficult. And it's easy to do. We just did it here uh, for everyone. But the point is, that kind of thing should be reported, as well as what they're spending monies on. And if you're going to spend money on uh, 0.001.01%, but then you have something else that's 20%, the 20% seems to be a lot more important than the Mm 0.01% that you're spending money on. Again, ranking order and seeing what actually the uh, uh, where the money's going, what's what's happening with the money. Yeah. Um, so I I think that we've raised some decent questions, and the thing is, we're not saying this is a waste of money. This is a good use of money. This is a waste of money. I think that um, there's this old phrase in political science: guns or butter, where it's like you can use the tax dollars to buy guns or you could use it to buy butter for the people. And I see infrastructure as uh, butter, but it's also national security. You know, I think that uh, crumbling water supply, you know, inability to deal with the effects of climate change could pose an existential threat. I mean, maybe not an existential threat, but a national security concern to the nation. And so taking steps proactively to mitigate that is a good thing. And people will get paid. Companies will get paid. There's going to be real money shelled out, real jobs put uh, people put to work to do these projects. Uh, infrastructure projects are something that people can really wrap their head around. There's a new bridge. There's a new road. There's a new dam. There's a new uh, water treatment facility. And I don't see why there's so much fighting over it but i think that maybe because it is so visual it is so easy to understand that's why we've had the first bipartisan senate agreement in recent memory and i i was telling you this yesterday i think that democratic senators will say i voted for the infrastructure bill and that's added x amount of jobs to my state and republican senators will say i voted for the infrastructure bill and that's added x amount of jobs to my state and they can both claim a win on this and that's why they finally found some common ground well, you could argue, it's a very strong argument, that that is probably one of the best takeaways from this infrastructure bill, that it was done in a bipartisan manner. And I think that that picking something that everyone can agree on has much greater value, deeper value, long-lasting value for the security of our nation for the security of our democracy, of our country, that when we come together and do things together, it's going to make us more powerful, whatever it is, mm-hmm. even, even, if it's, even if it's an infrastructure bill, which is needed, but maybe the most important part of this infrastructure bill is not the infrastructure, but it's that we came together and did it together. And when people come together, uh, the power is unlimited. And the ability is unlimited. And maybe that's one of the best takeaways from the infrastructure bill. Yeah. That that we did it together. But now it's going to the House. And now it's going to go through the same type of deliberations again. Nothing's over. Or, no, it ain't over till it's over. But the thing of it is, is that when it goes to the House, another way to look at this, David, is that maybe give the House the opportunity to deliberate, to negotiate, and give them the opportunity to come together as well and vote together on something that moves the nation forward, our infrastructure. Because you can't be strong externally if you're not strong internally. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we and at inf- least got this done. 
Yeah, that's right. It sort of restores a little bit of faith. And we did it together. And we did it. We did it together. We're actually, we're actually, this is actually a union. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's an actual union. And I think that's a good sentiment to end on. I think so too. This is good. Uh, This infrastructure week, I think has been very helpful. It's been enlightening. It's been enlightening to me. Uh, I think you really should always talk about things mm-hmm. and listen and try to understand. And I think we've understood a little bit better about what this infrastructure bill is all about. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that uh, we'll figure out something to talk about in the realm of infrastructure on Friday. But that does it for today's episode. We're available uh, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. This has been the Sons of Sequoia podcast. Thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you in the next one. So keep on talking, but listen more than you talk and try to understand what the other person is saying. See you, everyone. Bye.